I've got big news, guys. The Blue Jackets have won a hockey game and they didn't even need overtime to do it. They won in regulation. Super exciting. We're going to be talking about the win over the Chicago Blackhawks and also previewing the game against the Ottawa Senators. And uh, that's what's coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jeff Foster, here to bring you news, stories, uh, trials, tribulations, uh, highs, lows, all of the above and more about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on youtube so if you haven't hit subscribe over there then make that your new year's resolution to uh subscribe to the podcast we are on our way to the next milestone and i'm super excited to get there today's show we have to talk about the game against chicago which i know was a couple of days ago but there are some things that i want to point out in it that i think could be uh could be signs of something good happening down the road and the blue jackets are facing the ottawa senators tomorrow night so we got to talk about that as well so let's let's start off with the game which didn't start great um the blue jackets decided to allow the opening goal again uh andreas asked to see you Again, uh, scored to make it one nothing, and then uh, honestly, their first period was it was fine. I didn't think it was anything like groundbreaking. Um, they only took one penalty, which was fine. Sometimes the Blue Jackets like to take a million penalties. Uh, they did not do it this time, which I am pleased about. Uh, and honestly, they finished the they finished the period out shooting the Blackhawks uh, fifteen to nine. They also managed to tie the game up. Emil Bemstrom with just a what a pass from Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, that's his 26th assist of the season on the power play. Uh, it was like, I'll have to look at this. It was like, uh, it was 11 seconds into the power play. And they were like, yep, we're done. We don't need any more. Um, and so the the interesting thing about this is that Brad Larson talked a little bit, not before, not directly before the game, I don't think, but a little bit earlier about putting Emil Bemstrom kind of on the power play in a spot where he's been scoring from the power play in Cleveland. And so they basically put him in like the line A spot and Hey, second power play of the game for the blue jackets and 11 seconds in, he puts it in the net, makes it, uh, makes it one, one ties the game. And I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic, but not a ton more optimistic. Um, the Blackhawks are not good, but Alex Stalock. I thought had a really good game, um, which is not something I normally say about Alex Stalock, but he had a really good game. Um, he had a really good game uh, against the Blue Jackets like uh, about a week ago. So he was definitely someone that I was expecting to play well. Um, and uh, he did, which was frustrating. Um, second period, things start to turn around a little bit. Um, it's still looking a little kind of touch and go. Uh, Gus Nyquist scores a shorthanded goal to make it 2-1 about four minutes into the period because again the blue jackets decide the second period is time for crime they take three penalties uh first one in literally the first minute and then uh basically as like literally as that one is done they take another penalty which i mean 
I feel like you could not do that. Just, you know, as a as a suggestion, you could not do that. Um, all three second period penalties were against Andreas Athanasiu, which I did find extremely funny. Um, something also that I didn't mention, uh, Seth Jones took two minor penalties in the first period. The second one was the one that the Blue Jackets scored on, so that's got to feel good. Um, and then again, Gus Nyquist, short-handed goal, uh, which I believe ties him for like third or fourth in the league in short-handed goals. Um, he has eight goals on the season after this game, and I'm pretty sure at least three of them are shorthanded goals, which is very funny. Um, Kirill Marchenko scores uh, another assist for Johnny Gaudreau, and then Gus Nyquist finishes it off with a shorthanded goal again in the third period. Like I said, that's his eighth goal of the season. Blue Jackets win four to one. Um, honestly, a team as bad as the Blue Jackets, like, uh, sorry, excuse me, <laughs> that was that was Freudian. Um, a team as bad as the Blackhawks, they should not have had as much trouble beating them as they did. Like, they lost five two in the first game, and look, like it was bad. It was embarrassing. Um, they let Max Domi score. Like it was a bad time for everyone. They looked a lot better in this game, but also they should look better in this game. Um, the Blackhawks are not a good team, and like you know that objectively. But when the Blue Jackets are like out shooting you by ten, it's not it's not great. Um, we'll we'll say that. But Blackhawks went 0 for 5 on the power play. The Blue Jackets went 1 for 3 on the power play. And also, uh, <laughs> they scored more shot-handed goals than they did uh, power play goals, which, again, very funny. Um, I do think that last uh, shot-handed goal was an empty netter, but it's tape. It still counts. And I'm taking it uh, just, I don't know, a really weird but really fun game um, for a variety of reasons, um, up to and including that top line of Johnny Gaudreau, Kirill Marchenko, and Kent Johnson, which we are going to talk about in just a minute. But first, I've got to tell you about a product that I use literally every day. Uh, We are sponsored by Athletic Greens. And I started taking AG1 because I didn't have time to, you know, go out and research what was going to be the best supplement for me. I wanted better gut health, more energy. Um, I wanted my immune system to be better. I don't like taking pills. Um, And so I was like, right. AG1 seems like the thing for me, and it super is. So what is it? Well, AG1 is 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced food superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things that I want in my kind of one daily supplement. Um, I don't have to take a million pills. I don't have to drink a million gross protein shakes. I can just do one cup of water with a scoop of AG1 in, and that is everything I need to get through my day and feel much better. Right now, it is time for you to reclaim your health like I have. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. There's no need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Once again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So let's talk about that top line um, because they had, frankly, some silly, silly numbers. Um, I was kind of keeping an eye on uh, natural stat tricks throughout the game just to see if, you know, the eye test was backing up. Oh, the, the numbers were backing up the eye test. And uh, for the most part, they were. Um, 
interestingly, and we'll we'll talk about the defense in a minute. Um, the defense was kind of upside down in terms of who was doing well and who wasn't. Um, and I have a couple of theories for this, but in terms of the Blue Jackets, just on ice, um, it kind of balanced out a little bit, but uh, Ken Johnson was at 61%. Kirill Marchenko was at 58% in terms of course, he four percentage. Johnny Gaudreau was on the ice for uh, 19 shot attempts. Just bonkers. Um, but the thing that I really wanted to pay attention to was... Uh, the the defense um it was shockingly competent honestly um Gavin Berryer had a great game Adam Boquist had a great game um they didn't have a ton of ice time but what they did with it was really great um I want to shout out uh the pairing of Tim Burney and Eric Gabranson which I've had some comments before about how I am just using Eric Branson as a scapegoat for everything that's wrong with this team and with this with every game that they play. I still don't think Eric Branson is very good, and I still think he is overpaid. However, last game, he was, I thought, fantastic. Um, he had He was on the ice for 19 shot attempts for and only seven against Tim Burney. His defense partner was on the ice for 21 shot attempts for and seven against. Uh, just those are some real good numbers. And again, it's against Chicago. Like it's not necessarily indicative of many things, but sometimes teams find a way to disappoint you. Um, this also might be the oh, the first game all season that every single Blue Jacket had a positive Corsi 4 percentage. Um, the lowest player was Marcus Bjork, who had 52.9%. So basically 53%. Um, and something else that I want to point out while we're talking about um, stats and ice time and whatnot, Cole Sillinger took that penalty in the first period. It was real dumb. It was a stupid penalty. Shouldn't have taken it. Didn't need to take it. Um, I was fully expecting him to be benched for the rest of the game, and he wasn't, which was awesome. Um, he actually played 12 minutes, 37 seconds. Um, the ice time, the ice time was so weird in this game. Um, looking at the, uh, 5v5 and then well, going to all situations, um, Eric Robinson was second on the team in ice time for forwards. Sean Corrali was first. Um, Sean Corrali played 17 minutes in this game. Like, and that's at all situations. So Corrali and Robinson both killed a ton of penalties. But if you go to five on five and then look at it, it's still um, Eric Robinson. The only players that had more ice time at 5v5 were Carson Meyer, which is very funny. Uh, Ken Johnson and Karan Marchenko. Like, Eric Robinson had more ice time than Johnny Gaudreau. Only by two seconds, but still. Um, I don't know what was happening with this game. And in fairness to, to Brad Larson. Oh, well, not in fairness to Brad Larson. I don't think anything is in fairness to Brad Larson. The team played well. The team won. It feels silly to sit here and quibble over some players needing more ice time and some players needing less ice time. It does kind of point me towards a, a, a theory that I've been working with for a while, which is that this team is kind of succeeding despite what the coaching is doing. Um, and that's maybe disingenuous, and that's maybe unfair to Brad Larson. But if your leading forward in ice time at 5v5 is Carson Meyer, it feels like you could be giving some more ice time to, oh, I don't know, Johnny Gaudreau, for example, who had uh, only about 30 seconds less ice time than Carson Meyer. The ice time was pretty even, honestly. Um, between 
Liam Foodie, who had the least ice time at 9.13 and Carson Meyer at 13.07. Like, that's less than four minutes difference. So maybe he's finally learned to balance lines. Maybe it was that they were playing a team that it doesn't seem to matter which line went out. They were, dom- they were you know, succeeding against. Maybe he was just like, hey, this game is basically meaningless. Let's just throw whoever out there. Um, but it was a weird game with weird ice time. I'm glad that they won, but I don't think it was necessarily a foregone conclusion. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of where we'll leave it, I think. It was a good game. Um, oh, I need to do Cannonball of the Game. I haven't done that in a minute because the Jackets haven't won a game in a minute. And I know I'm supposed to be doing losses. But honestly, I'm giving Cannonball of the Game to, and this is no disrespect to Gus Nyquist, who had, a two, short-handed, who had two short-handed goals in one game. Um, that Emil Bemstrom goal was real nice. Um, that's his fourth goal of the season. That's, I believe, his first since his call-up. Um, a couple of games ago, he's been playing in that top six. Um, he's been playing on the power play. He looked really good. I was worried that they were going to basically play him eight minutes a night, ruin his confidence, and then send him back down to the AHL after a couple of games. But it looks like he's earned the the staying power. Um, will he stay in the top six? Maybe. But with Yugo Chinikov out for about six weeks with the knee injury, with Boone Jenner out for about another probably three to four weeks with the thumb, there's space in the top six for a guy like Bemstrom to show this team that he can succeed in a top six in an NHL top six. And so that's super exciting. Um, And I look forward to seeing Bemstrom make uh, other teams look silly on the power play. So that's, uh, that's my cannibal for the game is that power play goal by Emil Bemstrom. Shout out to him. Hopefully we see many, many more of those because I think he's good. I think he's good enough. Frankly, I think he's good enough to be in the top six for the team. If not, he's certainly good enough to be in the top nine. Um, Hopefully, I don't know that Brad Larson and I agree on a lot of things, but hopefully we agree on this. Now, in a minute, we are going to turn to uh, the game tomorrow. We are going to look at the game against the Ottawa Senators, which I'm sure will be fun and everyone will have a great time and it will not be uh, stressful for me specifically or for the team or just in general. Um, That's all coming up next on Locked on Blue Jackets. So let's talk about the Ottawa Senators, who kind of in the same boat as the Blue Jackets. Honestly, they had a really great offseason. They picked up um, Claude Giroux. They picked up Alex Debrinkat for basically nothing. Um, they improved in goaltending. You know, they, they got a lot better in various ways, similar to the Blue Jackets, I thought. And then they kind of stumbled out of the start and have not really been able to pick it up. They are currently, uh, they are above, they are second to, uh, second to last in the division. Um, they are only like a point behind uh, Florida, which is very funny. Um, they are 11 points ahead of the Blue Jackets, but that's not surprising. They are in a similar boat as the Blue Jackets, but less. Um, and they still might pick it up. They have a bunch of really good players. Um, they've got, a good rookie in Shane Pinto, who's kind of doing very similar things to Ken Johnson this season. Um, they're very similar teams. It'll be interesting to see how this game goes. Um, the Blue Jackets obviously just came off that uh, seven-game losing streak. They've got a one ga- I don't know if it's a one-game win streak. I don't know if that can be a streak if it's just one. Um, the Ottawa Senators just lost a game. Uh, they're playing tonight, I believe. Um, so they may or may not come into this with a win or a loss we don't know i'm recording this on sunday uh, afternoon for people who are curious i'm recording this before the senators game uh on monday 
They are six three and one in the last ten, so they've kind of really pulled it pulled it around. Uh, their power play is shockingly competent at sixth in the league. Uh, so the Blue Jackets would be uh, it would be good of them to not take too many penalties. I know the Blue Jackets love to do crime, but it would be really good, I think, if they would not do that. Um, penalty kill is 11th in the league versus the Blue Jackets 16th. Oh, the Blue Jackets have climbed up to 30th in the power play, by the way. They're no longer 32nd, which is fun. Um, they're fourth in the league in face-off percentage. Uh, and then this is kind of where it starts to, to make a little bit more sense. They are 23rd in the league in goals for per game. They score exactly three goals a game on average. Um, and then they allow 3.19 goals a game on average. So those are both better than the Blue Jackets. And the Blue Jackets are sitting at 2.69 goals for per game and 3.91 against. So essentially, the Blue Jackets are losing every game 4-3. to three. Um, Whereas the uh, Senators are losing every game 3.5-3, to three, give or take. Or they're, they're losing a lot of, of half points. It's... This all goes back to kind of my my point of this is two very similar teams that are struggling for reasons that no one can really figure out. Uh, the goaltending has been good for um, for Ottawa. They picked up Cam Talbot. Uh, he's only 10-9-1, but he's got a 2.74 GAA and a 9-11 save percentage. He's got one shutout on the air. Um, Jonas Corpozalo, I assume, will be starting. Uh, he's 5-6-1 on the season, has a 9-12 after a very good performance against the uh blackhawks where you allowed one goal on 28 shots so that would be that'd be the matchup i expect to see um i don't see them they could play elvis this doesn't to me feel like a gimme game necessarily i think this probably will be a pretty close game um they're gonna have to put elvis back in at some point like they can't leave him on the bench forever um they're gonna have to do something with elvis he's gonna have to play a game eventually um and it's going to get to a point where they either have to choose, do you want to just throw him in randomly or do you want to give him a game and ease him back in, you know? But if you look at the Blue Jackets schedule coming up, um, it's not super friendly for a a goalie struggling with his confidence. Um, it's all, it's mostly either underperforming teams that are still better. So the Blue Jackets next few games is uh, Ottawa on Tuesday and then Washington on Thursday who are underperforming, but Ovechkin's always dangerous. Carolina leading the division um, on Saturday, and then Washington again on Sunday, and then back to Tampa Bay, and then Carolina. So really, maybe Ottawa is the best choice for Elvis. Um, if not, like the only other option is uh, Detroit in uh, in two weeks' time the on the 14th. Like that's Those feel like the best games to put him in, so maybe you just throw him in against Ottawa and hope for the best. I don't know that... It's going to turn his season around entirely, but I worry that the longer he stays on the bench, the more his confidence is going to get knocked, and that's going to have a knock-on effect to, you know, season after season, and eventually, you know, the Blue Jackets, for better or worse, Elvis is a Blue Jacket for the foreseeable future. Probably for the next, you know, hopefully he figures it out, and he's a Blue Jacket for a long time. Eventually, if he keeps playing like he is, I wonder that they're just going to cut their losses either buy him out, trade him and retain salary or, you know, send a pick to sweeten the deal or something and he gets a chance somewhere else. But right now, the goaltending two, the goaltending duo is Corpusalo and Muslikins. Frankly, I'd play Muslikins in this game, but I can see why they maybe wouldn't want to do that. Um, I can see arguments for both, but my money is probably on a Talbot versus Corpusalo matchup. 
in terms of predictions, this has all of the the ingredients to be just a complete disaster game. This feels like it's going to be like a 5-4 overtime win. I'm going to go with the Blue Jackets because New Year's resolution, we're rooting for the Blue Jackets, we're believing in the Blue Jackets. 5-4 win for the Blue Jackets in either an overtime or a shootout. I think it's going to be a messy game. I think no one's going to have a good time, but I think the Blue Jackets will get the win. And the opening goal is going to be... Um... Oh, let's let's have some fun with it. I think the opening goal is going to be Kent Johnson. Um, I think that would be fun. He hasn't scored in a minute, and uh, yeah, I think that would be I think that would be neat. So that's my guess, um, and that's all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow we are going to be uh, talking about the draft coming up. I've got Hadi Kalakesh of Locked On uh, NHL Prospects. He we talked at the weekend about uh, this NHL upcoming draft. Why is it so insane? We looked at some of the top prospects that could potentially be Blue Jackets in the future, and then on Wednesday. Uh, what we will do is we will break down tomorrow night's game against the Senators and uh, hopefully we'll be breaking down a win. But that is uh, that is the plan for tomorrow. That is the plan for Wednesday. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked on Blue Jackets continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms uh, over on YouTube. We are free and available there as well. Please hit like, hit subscribe, hit comment. Um, let me know what you thought. I am on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. Comments, questions, criticisms, go to locksonbluejackets at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.